to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I'm super excited to be in conversation with a talented ceramic artist originally from Seoul, South Korea, who's known for her labor-intensive installations that explore the themes of body, architecture, shelter, and landscape. Please welcome Arako. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for coming on as, as you're, you know, we're doing this with the you're very far away. You're you're in the future right now. I'm in the past. I am. Yeah, that's really, really what it is. You know, some people say I've been in the past for a very long time, but I'm in the past. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so thank you for for, for making the time and, and being here. And I'm very, um very happy to, to have you on. I've seen some uh, recent articles about you, uh, different stuff that's in Be More Art. So shout out about that a couple of weeks back uh, as we're recording this. And um, but I want to start off with um, and, I, and I look at these sort of interviews as not the all-inclusive, all-encompassing. It's more of like, this is an addition to someone's doing that deep dive from you and your background. This is mm-hmm. hopefully a chapter within it, you know? So mm-hmm. if you will, could you share a bit of your story and some of your early interests growing up? Um, I guess I kind of grew up in a very artsy family. My parents are both designers. So I kind of felt that I'm going to end up somewhere around in the art industry. And uh, both my parents were very busy. So I was raised by my grandma on my mom's side. And she also did some painting. She did calligraphy. So I used to just like roll around with China ink and paint things all over. And I just loved making and painting stuff growing up. And I think I decided to major in art in high school. Um, Korean schools are very like competitive in terms of like studying and stuff and Mm -hmm. I think I was kind of sick and tired of it and I was like you know maybe maybe art school might be fun like (laughs) it won't be so bad like this so um I decided to major in art from there so in in kind of taking taking from that like growing up I, I think I had like the almost the opposite. Like I got the, you don't want to be a struggling artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't want to have that. And I, I wanted to pursue um, comics. I wanted to pursue uh, being a comic book artist. And uh, that's super cool. That was all I was into, right? Growing up. Yeah. And <laughs> I think um, so every Christmas, art books, color pencils, the whole thing, right? And mm-hmm. I, I remember, and I, and I was, you know, smart kid or what have you, but definitely you know, leaning towards the uh, creativity, the art stuff really had my attention and it had my my interest. And I remember getting that, having that sort of conversation of, uh, you should probably pursue business. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. put yeah. the color pencil down, <laughs> put, put my stuff down, put my stuff away. And I, I did kind of return back to it uh, now as I'm having oh. all of these great conversations with folks like yourself who are doing great work. And it's oh, like, thanks. all right, is this interesting? I'm, I'm, I'm stealing from you guys. It's like, all right, so how do you go about this? How do you stay motivated? Things like that. <laughs> so why, why ceramics specifically? So it was kind of like half accident. Um, I, when I first started like pursuing art in high school I thought I wanted to like major in like jewelry or metal and I thought it's like oh my god these are so beautiful I could make this and I got really excited about that but then my dad 
back when I was in high school, he taught at my undergrad. And some of his friends gave him a suggestion, like, oh, like, Aro wants to major in metal. Metal's mm. dead. Um, she should major in ceramics. And I didn't know much, so I was like, okay. And I went in. So I kind of got into ceramics without knowing what it is. Yeah. And it just happens to be that I really liked it. Um, I went to um, Alfred Summer School, which happens to be my grad school later on but um i went to do a workshop with walter mcconnell with um raw clay building uh, project and that just like blew my mind i thought like ceramics was all about like pottery and tradition but i think i saw the what clay could really offer as yeah. a material not just ceramic but clay is this tactile thing that you could just hold it in your hands and it could like mush it, it smells and it's just this dirt that i dug up from the ground and it was just so amazing to work with and yeah i think that's the reason why i started doing ceramics and right now i'm kind of like focusing a little bit more on the clay as a material itself rather yeah. than like what ceramics is so so really exploring and, and, and diving into clay <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i drive around with bucket in my car just like shoveling dirt so i always have a dirt bucket in my car all the time so, so your, it's your passenger is like look you're riding shotgun you know dirt clay let's make this happen <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So, so I want to want to start talking a little bit, and I, and I've added a question in here. I thought it might be uh, pertinent based on um, one of these articles mm -hmm. I read about like scale and size. So I'm, I'm going to visit yeah. that in a moment. But uh -huh. uh, could you describe like you know some some of your process and like some of the themes that you're pursuing and how you incorporate them into your work? Um, I think size and scale was a big thing in my work that i always want my work to be experienced mm. that I, I want my work to be remembered as a feeling rather than an image so i always try to like paint the scenery in the room i think that's kind of like the reason why i got into installation as well right now i'm moving around and just like working on paintings sculpture just moving in in and out of the two-dimensional and three-dimensional work so that i could look at more of a different and a variety of scope of art but i think i think in undergrad i thought oh i gotta make it bigger so it looks better but now I'm sort of realizing the reason why I did that was that I kind of wanted to make a, make a mark in the gallery space. Or I think in grad school, I kind of realized that why do I have to make this big of a work? It's so heavy and it's not so cost effective or time effective. Yeah. But I kind of realized that maybe it's, my way of doing stuff that i want to make sure that people notice me that i want to make sure that people see that this young girl in her like mid-20s from like foreign country feminist artist she could do this 
and she makes a big mark in the gallery and right now reflecting upon it I'm not sure if that was the right move or if that was the best move because I got critiqued at my thesis defense saying like Ara like if you're claiming space just from sheer scale then isn't that a stupid power and that's a bold statement and and that that moment something really hit me hard in the head thinking like oh maybe (laughs) maybe what is this power for and like not everything powerful has to be so big or so loud so i'm thinking i think after graduating i graduated during pandemic so i thought about like what makes people move around what makes people um curious about the piece and like um change your location to view the work and i thought painting is something like that if i could make the surface very intriguing then i could demand people to move closer and walk far backwards because that's what i do in museums and stuff so right now i'm working on that type of stuff instead of making this like 13 feet sculpture so i think it's fun to work in that micro macro scale too i like that i like that that based at least from from what i'm hearing like you know having the 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 thesis defense and and going back and kind of looking at um you know I guess the, the the concept of like ceramics, the concept of like space, but looking at it through almost being a viewer of like mm-hmm. a different form. Say, like, oh, okay. If I do this, this is how I'm feeling. If I move into it, this is this is what I'm getting from it. And it's it's interesting to hear from from artists when they're taking something maybe from a different medium, um, and maybe learning something from that and applying it to something that may be very different. Um, I go back to conversation I had like years ago with like a chef. And he's like, yeah, you know, I play guitar sometimes. It makes me a better chef. And I was like, tell oh. me more about that. That sort of like, like correlation. And it's something that, that you uh-huh. get out of it or, or even, and I've been, been playing with this sort of idea recently and, you know, talking mm-hmm. more and more to people about what I'm doing. And they're like, yeah, there's an artfulness to it. There's the art of conversation and the art of whatever, right? And uh, like guiding the conversation, the structure of the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it may be a conversation that falls flat. It may be an interview that just doesn't go where you're thinking it's going to go. But mm-hmm. there's something that comes out of it. It's like, oh, maybe I'll ask this question in this different way moving forward. Maybe yep. their response gives me context in a different way. And there's mm-hmm. something to take from it. But I think sort of shifting from being the maker to being the audience gives you different perspective. And I think that's what I was hearing what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think like another thing that I noticed is like the relationship of clay that I'm using with, with the actual landscape or the dirt around us. The way that I take this clay into my studio is very different from like buying a processed clay from a, a ceramic supplier and that's like a very different thing that um just digging up dirt from the ground or getting like pre-mixed um body of clay is a very different way of working and it's not like which is right or wrong it's more like what kind of direction are you taking and 
I mean, there could be like a technical perspective that this is better than that, but mm -hmm. it really depends on what kind of work you're working on. And for me, I kind of do both at the same time. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like how I treat space or how I try to like conceptualize my work. Cause I try to look at space in a very different way yeah. and people's spatial experience as well. And me using like different methods of working with clay is part of that. And also like the clay that's either from my dirt bucket in my car or <laughs> the clay from the, the ceramic supplier, they're both from the ground. And yeah. they're coming from the same um, same place, but we just look at it differently. Yeah. So that's something that I thought, oh, this is interesting because the work that I'm making kind of like mimics the landscape and portrays a landscape, which had already been a landscape before. I that just dug up and treat it like a material or something else. I kind of like alienated this. And then now making like my own version of a landscape. Yeah. So I kind of felt like, oh, maybe like I'm making diorama, <laughs> like for <laughs> my whole career. I mean, what you're what you were describing there was giving me it. It gave me like a few thoughts actually, and mm -hmm. you know, kind of doing what one does, like taking whatever the craft is, right? So. I always do this comparison because this is this is what I'm doing. This is what my craft is. I'm not a painter. I'm not a whatever. Not a not a ceramics artist. None of that stuff. I'm barely a podcaster. And I I started to think like, you know, ultimately what I'm doing, the conversation is still the same way, right? But let's say mm -hmm. through a certain series or quote unquote a body of work or what have you, a series of interviews. What yeah. if I'm using a certain different technology? What if I'm using like really old school radio because mm -hmm. I want to get that sort of response and I want to have that tone. I want to have that sort of immersion and have people uh -huh. like absorb it in that way. And uh -huh. it makes me kind of think like, you know, if you're going, let's say traveling, right. And you're like, I'm going to go to the Southwest and I want to source my materials for my clay from there. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a much different body of work than if you were sourcing, let's say that the material, um, the, the dirt, the clay from maybe a different part. And like, yeah, this speaks to me in this way. And this is the mm -hmm. type of work that I'm getting from doing the clay in this way. And this is what I can, what I'm able to do with this clay based on maybe the texture, maybe on that sort of experience you were describing earlier of, mm -hmm. uh, of working with the material. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. I never thought of like technology in that way. Cause I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a nerd too about Minecraft. So yeah, that's definitely interesting. One thing. One thing that I, I, I get a lot of is this serves as almost a supplement where when I interview folks and they have their different stories and their different backgrounds, I'm really coming in not from a this is work. I'm coming from a perspective of I am interested because um, mm -hmm. in part, you know, you're not able to travel. You're not able to meet people in a traditional sense. Yeah. <laughs> so being able to kind of get to know people and know what their experiences are, it's almost like living vicariously. So, mm -hmm. and because and, and it makes up for being able to study and visit other places as much as I would like, right? So mm -hmm. 
how has like maybe studying and and living like you know like you're saying right now you're you're in you know you're you're in Korea you're in South Korea and, and you know you're going um you know to here you're in DC and DMV and all of that how yeah. has like being you know from a place and then going to another place how have those experiences like impacted like your artistic practice and maybe your approach um I mean I think definitely a lot like much more than I thought it would affect my work and also my life. I think it really changed the person who I am. I don't know why, but I never took a gap year. I went to grad school right right after my undergrad. I didn't take any break. And I guess there was like a semester break because Korean school ends in the fall semester. We graduate in February. So I had like a little bit of break there, but still not as much. And <laughs> I, I went to a residency right after grad school, didn't take a break. And right after the residency, I started working at Micah. Uh, I started teaching. So, I mean, I never took a break, but I think those type of like rapid transitions asked me to like become a better version of myself to like adapt to the new situation. I think my transition from undergrad to grad school was the hardest because there was a shift in country. (laughs) I was in Korea. I was born and raised there all my life. And then out of nowhere, I was placed in Alfred, New York, where no Asians live or... (laughs) or just just really hard and I never drove before it started snowing in October and I was like oh my god what do I do with my life my everyday schedule has changed new school new people new language although I spoke English before but it was like a whole different world and now they expect me to be responsible for other students as a grad student and i'm like i'm just 23 like what do i know (laughs) i was so confused but that kind of made me realize like why am i here and why do i want to make this because if i'm all the way here to make work then it better be worth it and i think Moving to Alfred kind of made me realize like who I was like in Seoul, in Korea, yeah. and what kind of landscape that I grew up with. Because Alfred doesn't have grocery store in in like two mile radius, so I always had to drive like twenty minutes to just go grocery shopping, and. I had to drive up the hill, down the hill for like 20 minutes. And I realized like, this looks so different because my traveling (laughs) to grocery store in Korea is like two minute walk. Right. (laughs) So it was very different. And I also realized that the landscape that I thought was a landscape was actually just a cityscape Mm. that I thought buildings, skyscrapers, those are the landscape and Alfred kind of made me realize like oh there's like horizon there's like mountains and there's like more of that cascading nature instead of like buildings 
And that kind of made me realize like, oh, okay, like clay is part of landscape. And that kind of like made like a bedground for my work that I'm working on right now. So it definitely changed a lot. Like, I think I matured a lot as when I went to grad school. I think the first, after my first year of grad school was over, I went home to Korea and my mom saw me at the airport and she's like, you changed. Like something was different <laughs> about you. And I was like, maybe, yeah. Cause I had to do like all the adulty stuff, like buying a car, getting an insurance, <laughs> stuff like that. So taking my 20 minute drive for groceries. It's like, look, uh-huh. man, I just, yeah. I, man, I, j- I just, I just want some chicken wings, man. I, I didn't even yeah. want to do this 20 minutes. <laughs> it's hard. So that that gives me kind of a secondary question with it because I know that I run into it and 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 what you were describing there was um as far as this sort of rapid succession in a concentrated period of time like you know looking back over a couple of years just like man I've done a lot of things in like two years three years <laughs> what have you so what sort of practices do you put in to prevent being burnt out you know like. It's, you know, you may love what you're doing. You may love your work. I, I love what I'm doing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you got to be able to take care of your yourself or what have you. And I know that creatives and they have this sort of um, hustle culture that, that we encounter yeah. that is always go, go, go. And you're like, I got mm-hmm. a cold. I need to take a nap. I want to be on a yeah. beach. So, so uh-huh. tell me about some of those sort of regenerative, some of those like self-care oriented practices to break up that ever going sort of pursuit. Yeah, I think that's like, that's like a problem that I still have. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I have like a concrete answer to this, but so far what was helpful for me is just being honest with my feelings. And if I want to feel burnt out, if I feel burnt out, just accepting the fact that I am burnt out and just taking a break. Um, there are responsibilities to do. Like if I have students waiting in the classroom, I can't skip that. But maybe my practice, it needs some help. So I would like not go to my studio for a week and just take a break and don't think about that. Um, Or I think I got really burnt out during pandemic. I, I was like a month away from my thesis show. My pieces are like mostly all made. One giant gas kiln was running and then COVID hit and back then I was in New York, so Cuomo said shut down and school sent us an email like, you got to leave the building in 22 hours, so grab your stuff. And I was like, what? Another change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, my God, this is so unexpected. And I think I, like, gathered some clay and some, like, drawing materials from my studio, packed up my car, parked my car at home. And like immediately I thought like, oh, I got to do something for myself. And I just ordered a a, a pie of pizza. <laughs> and, as, you, as, as you should, as you should. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, okay, this is so unhealthy for me. So I'm going to get like the most unhealthiest thing, this pizza loaded with bacon, and I'm going to get it. That's mm. the first thing I did. Um and I think I slowly realized that over a few weeks that this is not happening. Thesis is not happening. 
whatever I worked for is not happening. And I was like, why did I work so hard for the last year? And at the same time, I needed to find like uh, the next step. Like I need to secure a job or a residency because I'm a Korean national. So if I don't do that, I have to leave the country. So I was really stressed and I think it hit me hard after I moved to DC, settled down in my new apartment. And I was like, why am I here? <laughs> why am I here? And I think the first thing that I did was my apartment was like three minute drive away from Costco. And I, I made myself a Costco membership thinking like, this is an adulty stuff to do. And then I came home with like this bunch of fruits and garlic on my pantry. I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe I should just take some break. This is not healthy. <laughs> just spending $200 on groceries at Costco and just looking at it made me realize like, I need to take a break. Like maybe I deserve a break, but this whole art scene, they make it look like if you're not working hard or if you're not in the studio, you should feel guilty. And I feel like everyone, even my students share the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's so unhealthy. Someone got to change it. But I think it's this constant, like, maybe like passion or drive that we got to keep this fire going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I think we, we kind of go after it. Um, and I had one of those, <laughs> I had a moment that was so ridiculous it was back in November uh, where I was supposed to be going down to DC to meet up with some, some people because I, mm -hmm. I think in, in doing this, one of the really cool byproducts is I'm able to, <clears throat> maybe to make some friends in doing this. It's like, oh, hey, man, yeah. let's get a drink. Let's do this. Let's, oh, we're going to get hot uh -huh. pot. Absolutely. Let's make this happen. <laughs> and uh, I mean, look, I've, I've got onto the hot pot recently. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's great. And um, it's like, yeah, where's the place is at? And you, you, I found that I was going down into business with friends in DC. And because I was not paying attention and I was preoccupied with the next mm -hmm. thing that I had to do, that I got on the wrong train and I ended up being in oh. Delaware versus DC. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I didn't realize it until I was, I was like, this is not where GoGo -Go is playing. This is, <laughs> this is in another state. And it kind of threw off the whole day, derailed the whole day. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's not like as soon as you get off the train, you're going to be able to get on the next train. It's going to be right there. It just threw off the thing. And pretty much that day of interviews and sort of like these arrangements and these meetups and yeah. all of this and this networking that I was doing supposedly all got derailed. Um, mm -hmm. and I was just like, wow, I'm doing too many things. And yeah, all I could think was I have like this, a similar structure to the following day, because uh -huh. I think what happens is you think you're just going to be able to create whatever the thing is you're going to create, but then you have other responsibilities. Many of us mm -hmm. have day jobs. Many of us have social yeah. responsibilities. Some of us have children and, you know, yeah. as you, you touched on earlier it's like man, rent's got to be paid you know so yeah <laughs> it's it's all of these different things that sort of yeah. make up what that life is that sort of artistic lifestyle and i find that it's a hybrid you know you're mm. doing so many different things and yeah. the the main thing that's there that's tied to all of it is if you're not right and we can be very resilient 
It's like, man, I can just keep going. Mm -hmm. You and you touched on it. I think, you know, sort of this drive. I always add this curiosity. I'm always trying to satisfy Mm -hmm. curiosity and we keep going after it. But then at a certain point, it's like, I'm going to sleep for like 13 hours, aren't I? I'm going to be exhausted. (laughs) And it's like, damn it, I missed a podcast or I missed a meeting or whatever. And I find that, especially when it gets around holidays and all that, there's a lot more cancellations or postponements for me. So I ended up, uh, I ended up um, moving those interviews because I have a deadline in mind. So, you know, it's like, all right, instead of five interviews this week or have you, now it's 10, you know, for whatever reason and kind of what you were touching on of, well, if I'm not working on it, then I'm not worthy of whatever comes with it. And I'm not really working. Yeah, it's such a harsh feeling. But you got to change it, you know? Definitely, yeah. I think being productive in a way is good, but Mm -hmm. up to a certain point. (laughs) Measured productivity is like, all right, I I, I could be at a 12 right now. I'm going to stay at about a (laughs) 6, and I'm going to have my bacon pizza, you know, (laughs) maybe a slice or two, not the whole joint, because I do the whole joint. (laughs) But my my go-to, my uh, sort of... um, comfort food or, or whatever that that might be when things just are just a little left it's like look i'm ordering indian food it's like can i get yeah. like chicken tikka masala like garlic naan uh it's just sort of that order and um where's my vermouth you know it's just like i'm gonna yep. enjoy my <laughs> afternoon and it's gonna be great i got two more like real questions for you and i think one of them i got a lot from um that i don't even need to ask anymore so um, because I think okay. I got it. So you're, you're doing great. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Tell me about um, a memorable experience like in your work, whether it's project oriented, whether it's exhibition oriented installation, but just something that comes to mind that you, you felt like this was definitely in the, 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 the sort of story, the overall story, where you're at now, you're, you know, and you're, as you said, in your twenties or what have you, uh, <laughs> that that's definitely a highlight period like just something that was very transformative memorable that Mm -hmm. you're like i'm carrying with me as i progress i think it it should be my um thesis show that i never got to do that was that was a big change um Mm -hmm. i think covid not just made big difference in everyone's life but also like how it affects our society as well and the fact that like I worked so hard for this and never got to finish it kind of makes me feel like this work is kind of still ongoing. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't feel like it's like a missed opportunity. I feel like I just got to find a good opportunity for that work. Yeah. And uh, I'm still thinking about it and I still love the work. Um, I think while I was away, our school had a, I think they had an exhibition by themselves with the work and the storage. And I thought, you know, this is great, but I never got to see it in person. And I think just for the sake of the work, this was like the start of like me really learning about landscape, clay, dirt, and its relationship and how that kind of spatial experience does to human. Mm. And I guess like that's kind of like the whole concept that I'm working behind right now. So I think I do want to see it and I kind of want to see how that works with my current work right now. Yeah. 
so that's something that I really want to see it happen. Yeah. And yeah, like that's, I think that's something that really changed. Um, I think also about like how COVID changed our society. Like there are a lot of like virtual exhibitions. Yeah. And I still have like mixed feelings about that. I don't know if that's like a real thing. I think for certain work, virtual ex exhibition is really affected. Mm -hmm. But for certain words like me, when when I learn stuff from people walking around my work, it doesn't do the justice. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like, yeah, COVID does a lot. Like you and I having this type of conversation over Zoom is really great. Because yeah. like, I don't live in Baltimore. Like right now I'm in Korea, but we're still able to do this. Yeah. And without knowing that Zoom is a thing, I don't think this would be possible. So yeah. it definitely burned some bridges, but it also made a lot of connections. And those are all like super valuable. And yeah. thinking about like how COVID kind of, I heard, I don't know, like I read and I heard something that COVID kind of rushed our technologies to be advanced even further in a quicker pace. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of felt that when I was teaching and I was actually TA for Matt Kelleher and Alfred for uh, beginning throwing, throwing on the pottery wheel. And Matt and I were talking about how are we going to teach these kids throwing yeah. on Zoom because we're in lockdown. We can't send them pottery wheel. We can't send them clay. What do we do? And I think it was very frustrating. But at the same time, that that's something that um, that's that's the future. Like yeah. maybe this tangible thing isn't the future anymore. Maybe machine or 3D printer does all the work and all we got to do is design in VR. So mm. it's just like a slow moving, for us, it's a slow moving thing, but the technology is like way ahead of us. So it's, it's really funny. You mentioned that um, I, I had this, this conversation recently about uh, with two, two different people and I mm -hmm. maybe my viewpoint on it, but I, I don't think it's too far off of what creativity, what art is. I think it's very, um, it's, it's a bit more broader than some people. It's like, oh, well, some people will exclude ceramics as art. And it's like, no, it absolutely is an art or they only look at visual arts or what have you. So I, I had a conversation with people because we're moving more and more to sort of this digital space, you know, with mm -hmm. sort of this AI stuff that's in uh, visual arts, that's in even audio. Like, mm -hmm. you know, someone can go through all of the interviews I've done and yeah. make up a podcast of something that I've said. And it's like, <laughs> I never did that. I never did that interview. Um, yeah. So, you know, I like I talked to a lot of uh, folks in culinary arts scene. So I was talking with a chef and I was talking mm -hmm. with a person who designs clothes working within textiles. And I'm like, so digitally speaking, what is the part of your practice that is digital we, being that is something that's primarily going to remain analog? I, I don't want digital food. I don't know if I want that. It, it feels like a toy. It feels like something <laughs> yeah. in a video game. Um, and the same thing with the clothes. It's like that has to be something. But I think, you know, as we we look at it, um, this, this is going to be very, very weird. But I think it is apt. Um, so. 
when I'm looking at television for sake of argument or find, looking mm-hmm. for something to watch to do a movie review podcast outside of this. And at times it's hard to find a certain uh, movie or a certain TV show because one network may have the streaming rights, another one may not. So you can't mm-hmm. really get it unless you're paying that premium to, to get that access. And yeah. some, you just can't find it, right? Mm-hmm. And it almost makes DVDs worth it again. Like if I had this DVD, I could just watch mm-hmm. it. So it, yeah. it's almost this consideration of what tangibles do you have around? Like mm-hmm. I could appreciate a JPEG of a painting. It's like, wow, that's really cool. But I yeah. think being in front of the painting, it's like, wow, those are the brushstrokes. This is yeah. how this done. Or even when it comes to like ceramics, because someone's like, how did they do that? You know, you get really into it, start going around mm-hmm. it. And it's sort of, you yeah. know, even if you're capturing it with the best cameras, it's not the same as being there right in front of it. But it is this sort of digital to analog loop conversation we have. Oh, I mean, it's really interesting because like maybe this is off the topic, but when NFTs first came out, there were like (laughs) so many debates and discussions over it. And I just just me as a person, I don't like arguments. I just love I, (laughs) I just love whatever comes at me and. I think even about like this new era of like this um, untapped or something people question about like tactileness about mm-hmm. like analog and digital. I yeah. think it's just great because it creates more conversation. It creates more diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you think about the past, like very, very long time ago when acrylics first came out or when photography first came out, people thought painting is going to die. But what really happened was like, oh, photography is a thing, but painting is also a thing too. Or like acrylics came out, but oil paints still works and people still use tempera. Like they just have different uses for it. And I think people are just like really opposed to the known thing for them the notion changing and they have to redefine their norm Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that we just got to get used to maybe i'm saying this because i'm like in my late 20s and i think change is great but if i'm like in my 70s and this new technology came out and, and maybe i don't know i could be like oh i hate that um, no, I, I I like your perspective there, and I, I I think I shared a perspective where it's I think once the dust is settled, it de- it develops and normalizes a new area. I think mm-hmm. it is quote unquote the new hotness for a bit, and it's like oh yeah, I'm very interested in this. I want to dive into this, but eventually everything sort of normalizes. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I look at this space, and and, we, and we'll wrap here before we get to those rapid fires questions um but i look at sort of this space of you know there is a very crowded market of podcasts you know it's Mm -hmm. a lot of people doing podcasts but not all of them want to do it for the long term and you know they talk about the podcast bubble it's blowing up and everyone is in it it's like yeah "Yeah," (laughs) but everyone's not going to be in it for the long haul for you know I, i read that many don't get past 10 episodes so it's it's a very limited sort of sort of thing, and I think once we get past that um, sort of uh, volatility, 
of mm-hmm. it being having so much attention. And then we get to, okay, maybe this is a slice within the visual art space as far as mm-hmm. NFTs goes, or maybe there's sort of a digital component to it. And that's just what that yeah. is, I think, in my opinion. If you will, in the last moments here, um, I got some rapid fire questions for you. Um, yeah, so let's do it. Let's see, let's see. Um, so don't overthink them. Uh, don't okay. overthink them. Uh, and we'll start off with, you talk, You touched on landscape a bit. Mm-hmm. Which kind of landscape would you want to live in? I think by the river, up, okay. on, the, up on the hill, maybe. Okay. I, I mean, I, mean yeah. I like it. Uh, <laughs> What is your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Okay. Are when it comes to to rest, I I, I usually ask the question: How many hours of sleep do you get? Because I, I don't get enough, <laughs> and I know a lot of people do not get enough. Do you prefer to sleep in or take a nap? What is your preferred way of getting those extra hours in? I sleep in. I don't take naps. Love it. It's like, <laughs> look, I, I'm getting up. <laughs> You're like, I am tired now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you put into two more here? Uh, do you prefer, I guess, when you're you're working, um, do you prefer music or quiet? Like when you're in the studio, when you're, you know, throwing, as it were, <laughs> what do you prefer? Uh-huh. Definitely music. I, I can't listen to anything but jazz. Okay. Shout out to you. Yeah. That's great. I like that. I like that. <laughs> This is the last one I got for you. Um, And and get get ridiculous, if you will. Okay, I'll try. (laughs) If you could make up a holiday, what would the Mm -hmm. name of the holiday be? What would it be about? Like, here's (laughs) the the Arico holiday. Go. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so hard. I already have it in my head, but I think this already exists. Um, It should be an international ice cream day where Mm. everyone gets to have ice cream. Mm. But I think that still exists. So. Well, it, well, whatever your favorite ice cream is, please tell me. Whatever the favorite ice cream is, <laughs> it can be that specific day that they have to have that flavor. Oh, it's um, dark chocolate from this brand called Coconut Bliss. It's uh, dark chocolate made out of coconut milk. And Sounds delicious. <laughs> it, it is so good. That got me through grad school. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is great. Um, so with that, um, I want to thank you for, for being on this thank podcast. You. And uh, yeah, and um, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can follow you, the social media, the website, all of that good stuff to check out your work, your journey and much, much more. Uh, so please, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, Rob. This was really great. I love the conversation that we had. Um, now you got me thinking, so <laughs> I got to do more thinking. now. Um, you could reach me at Co on Instagram and my website and everything's linked there. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and there you have it, folks. For Co, I am Rob Lee saying that there's art, community, culture in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look forward. it.